We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. It's the tailgate. And it's the Big 12 championship. The Sooners, with a win, can win their fourth straight Big 12 crown on Saturday when they square off against Texas. They can also put themselves in prime position to make the college football playoff if they can avenge their only loss of the season. Welcome into the show. My name is Chris Plank. We have a very busy episode for you. So if you're listening on your way down to Dallas, be safe. If you're listening as part of your pregame, I hope you're as nervous as I am, but we're obviously very excited as well. It's been a fun week for me. I had a chance to host the Lincoln Riley Show. If you didn't get to watch it, it's available in our archives right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Uh, the Huddle with Ted is a fun show. That's on Soonersports.tv right now. And we've been waiting patiently in a week that for some reason has a horns down controversy that has taken away so much attention from this game, it's not even funny. So what do you say we spend the next 30 minutes or so talking about this matchup between OU and Texas? I want to get our guests in here. You're going to hear from Kyler Murray, Caleb Kelly, Hollywood Brown, Kenneth Murray, Toby Rowland sat down with the play-by-play voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. I have a lot of stats and numbers to get to you, but we'll wait and bring those later in the Sooner Sports Podcast. So what do you say we get after it by talking to some of the players? The only player availability this week came on Monday, so we had a chance to talk to a lot of the standouts, including Kyler Murray, who continues to rack up awards. The Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year voted on 
earlier this week, and I started by asking Kyler what these awards mean to him and how does it feel to be a finalist for some of the most prestigious awards in college football? <laughs> Obviously a huge honor, you know, to be mentioned with, uh, with these awards and stuff like that. But for me, um, just trying to play my game uh, and get a win. That's, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You're having fun. You've been having fun all season. How fun was Friday night for you? Friday was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we missed a couple opportunities to create, you know, like I said, create a lot of separation, which we could have, I felt like. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's all worth it. Um, you know, going up there in Morgantown, winning win a tough game with those uh, with my teammates is, you know, like I said, it was all worth it. You, you don't like field goals. I imagine you don't like turnovers even more. How frustrated was it? Frustrating was it for you whenever you looked back and saw the tape on the two turnovers a Friday night? Uh, just knowing, like I said, that we could have created more separation and put the game away earlier. Uh, it's probably the toughest part. Um, I mean, they didn't end up in field goals, so I guess <laughs> I guess that was a decent part. But um, no, I, I just got to be better, and I, I will be. So. Hey, the running game's really clicking. I know we talk about the individuals, Kennedy, Trey, playing without Rodney Anderson, yeah. but this offensive lineman, they're pretty special, aren't they? Yeah, like I said, they're the best out line in the country. Um, and I, like I said, I mean, we've got, I feel like, you know, one of the best running back rooms in the country. We always do. So um, they've picked up their weight since Rodney's been gone, and we knew they would have to, and uh, they knew they would have to. So um, for them, you know, they got to keep running hard, and O-line's got to keep blocking. Hey, I know this is a general question. you got to get to the podium, but before you go, what's the key this week? What's the key for this team to be where they need to be heading into Saturday? Playing for four quarters and uh, executing. From the offensive side of the football to the defensive side of the football, Kenneth Murray. I mean, I, I love this guy. He is always there to answer every question. I know at times it's been a challenging season, but he's put up some amazing numbers. What it's named second team all Big 12 and talked to K-9 about how rewarding it was on Friday night to have the defense really be a difference maker on the two turnovers they forced, the two scores they were able to get defensively and how rewarding that was for this defense. Um, it definitely, you know, was, a, was a, a great performance for my guys. You know, obviously when you get two defensive touchdowns, that's what you want, you know, scoring the ball on the defense side of the ball, you know, creating turnovers and making big plays. So, you know, real proud of the guys, real proud of the way the guys fought. And, you know, I'm just happy to, you know, moving on now to the Big 12 championship and got a lot to build on. So I'm just happy for the guys, happy that we went out there and fought the way that we did. It's no secret you have a great relationship with Caleb. You and I talked about it, I think, after the Baylor game. To see that move he put on the left tackle to force the strip sack, that was pure power from Caleb to really set the tone for this game defensively, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he just came off the edge, pure power, straight bull rush, and, you know, ran right over the tackle and ended up getting on, on to the quarterback and making the strip play, making a big play that definitely energized our defense. So, you know, great play by a great player. Again, though, you, you do have to balance it. you got to stay up. Can you take us through that challenge as we talk about it a lot, not getting down whenever another team has success and that whole Fido mentality? Yeah, for sure. Just, you know, whatever it is, good or bad, forget it and drive on. I feel like that's what we do great as a group, that, you know, even if it's good or bad, you know, we just forget it and drive on, continue to fight and continue to just play out the game. And, you know, we came out with a win, so we can't be, can't be mad at that. Finished championship November undefeated. Everything is out in front of this team. Take us through that mindset and what that energy level is like in that locker room right now, Kenneth. Uh, we're just trying to get it. We're trying to go out there and win another championship, trying to win a fourth Big 12 championship in a row, and that's our main focus right now as a team is just going out there getting better every day and winning this championship this week. When you look behind you late and you see a guy like Delarian Turner yell called on, how impressed were you to see him step up and make some plays when this team desperately needed it? Uh, yeah, I was real impressed. You know, it's you know it's, it's, it's always hard for a freshman when he's just thrown straight into the fire, and so I feel like he handled it really well, um, went out there and made some really, really key plays for us, so I'm really proud of a guy like that. You know, it's a just-win-baby mentality. Now you move on. 
take me through your personal excitement level to get another shot at Texas. Uh, you know, obviously excited. You know, it's another chance to go out there and get at Texas, but it's another chance for us to get a fourth Big 12 championship. That's what I'm really excited about, is just getting a championship with my team, going out there and just continuing to ball and have fun. You like where this team is right now men mentality-wise, mentally-wise, heading into Saturday? Yes, sir, for sure. Now, speaking of those big plays that Kenneth and I were talking about earlier, Caleb Kelly emerging from the ashes, if you will, 14 tackles and a huge forced fumble, a scoop and score, and Caleb takes us through the play that really kind of set the tone for the Sooners on Friday night. Um, I was supposed to run a game and uh, kind of was reading it as I was running it, and so I had to get my hands on the tackle, and then um, I just got my hands on him, and he kind of disappeared, and so I just saw I was one-on-one -on -one with Greer, and so I ran up to him. He kind of got uh, outside of me a little bit, but I was able to reach him and then just – uh, like our drills, just try to punch the ball out. And so I got it out, felt it, popped up, uh, scooped it up and scored. At that point, you had been a part of three consecutive scoop and scores for the Sooners. I mean, what what has been the key for you on that to be so so successful in that move? Um, I, I mean, you always want to go for the ball and practice every day. I'll try to get at least one uh, strip in practice. And so just make it regular more than a big surprise or anything. And so just doing that every day, I feel like it carries over just like how you practice and how you play. You know, what might have been the most impressive play is one that fans won't talk about. But whenever you drop back in coverage and were able to knock the ball away from the tight end, that was a that was a play they were using all night long. Can you take us through what you saw there and what made that successful? Yeah, uh, I mean, well, they were hitting it all night long, and so um, I was asking coach, can we move me in, or can I match up with them, or whatever we got to do, and so um, I was watching him, and they ran an RPO, so that's run pass option, and um, I was just kind of reading the quarterback's eyes, same time, and I saw him, the balls in his hands, and not the running backs, and so I knew, okay, they're going to throw it to him, and so I just kind of broke, same time he threw it, and then got my hands on the ball. Can you take us through what this has been like the last couple of weeks, going from back out going to the outside from the inside what's that move been like for you Caleb uh, a lot of positivity um, I mean it's been real successful kind of getting to go back home kind of being comfortable again and, um, and just at that outside spot enjoyed being with coach Bob Diaco as well love how he coaches and um, love talking to him and just about life as well and uh, I don't know it's just been real comfortable for me just been pretty successful having fun doing it how has it helped your education as a defensive player to be able to work in both of those rooms, inside and outside? That's been big because I, I can see everything. Um, when you're outside, you see it all one angle, and then when you're inside, you see it in another. And so experiencing both, I think that's something I really needed to do, and I feel like it's made my game faster as well. Hey, finally, I know it's it's got to be exciting with the Big 12 championship, but for you personally, how fun has these last few weeks being a difference maker been for you? Uh, uh, big time. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm part of the team again and uh, making uh, making things happen with them, and so it's been it's been good for me. And Hollywood was back, over 200 yards receiving for Marquise Hollywood Brown. But what was really cool on Friday night was the fact that his cousin Antonio Brown was there. We asked him what it meant to have the Steelers standout wide receiver, his cousin, his training mate, Antonio Brown, there on Friday night. It was fun, you know. Just to have him come see me play, you know, in a big moment, a big game, you know. After all the hard work we had, you know, this offseason, you know, it was fun to get to play in front of him. Did you know he was going to be there or was it a surprise? I knew he was coming, yeah. Well, it was fun. Take us through it was really clicking for you, even though Kyler did underthrow you on that one. It should have been another touchdown, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he made a play, you know, he made a good throw. So I just, it was my job to catch it, you know. He was, you know, looking for me when my number got called. You know, I was fortunate enough, you know, to make a play. 
couple weeks ago you came in and said not quite 100% yet. Looked it on Friday night. Can you take us through what this training staff means to you in helping getting you back to where you need to be? Oh, it means a lot, you know, because it, it makes you feel like, you know, they really care, you know, each and every day they have me in there rehabbing. And, you know, we, we had a plan, and, you know, I knew, you know, by the end of the season, like, you know, I was going to be feeling good. We're talking with Kyler about having fun. How fun has this been for you now, overcoming adversity, blitting across semifinalists, and with a Big 12 championship right in front of you? Having fun? Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun, <laughs> a lot. Can you take us through the relationship between you and CD and how you guys really feed off each other and the improvement you've seen from him? You know, that, that's my brother. You know, we're real close. That's probably the closest person, you know, I, I am too on the team. And, he, you know, his progression is, is, is wild, you know, not only as, like, catching the ball, but as blocking, you know. He he, he makes me work a lot, you know. We're, we, we push each other to, you know, go hard. You know, we compete on the field and practice and games. So, you know, it, it's just a blessing, you know, to have somebody like that on the other side. It's a laid-back personality from Dennis Simmons, but can you take us through how fiery he is and that emotional side that maybe he doesn't show a lot, but but we'll see it on game days, won't we? Yeah, you're definitely going to see it, you know. He, he loves us, and he's always out there, you know, pushing for us, you know. If we're not doing something right, he'll let us know, and, you know, we love him. By the way, let me defend myself. When we were interviewing Hollywood, it was during the Kyler Murray uh, podium presser, so we had to talk a little softer. That's why you have the Jim Nance voice going when we talk to Marquise Brown. All right, two of the great voices in the Big 12. I'm pretty partial to Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners, but he had a chance to catch up with Craig Way to talk a little bit about this matchup earlier this week. And this is what it sounded like when the two voices tangoed, getting you ready for this dance on Saturday. How much fun is this, man? Twice in the same year. You know what? I, I think that it is so unusual since it's been the first time and it's sent everybody scrambling to see the last time that Texas and Oklahoma played twice in the same year and going back, whatever, 100 years, but so on and so forth, that it's there are people who I've run into who literally don't know how to feel about it. I mean, they're thrilled that Texas made the Big 12 championship game and all that sort of stuff. They're just, it's like, I don't know, if we take all this overload of this sensory overload of another round of the uh, Red River Showdown. <laughs> or as uh, folks down in the greater Boston area have taken to calling it, what is it, uh, Red, uh, Red River redo or something like that so uh red river rematch i guess that sort of thing so uh although i think both sides have said this is this is different obviously a for a conference championship and b you know being over in arlington at at t stadium obviously it's a lot different than uh, being over at fair park and state fair and all that sort of stuff but it's it's a unique feeling there's no doubt about it how is uh texas different if at all in your opinion than they were back in in uh the first saturday of october uh you know i i would have said before the iowa state game i would have said not different and maybe even had regressed because of the struggles that the defense had had starting in the fourth quarter of the game with the sooners uh, and they, you know, they struggle obviously in Stillwater, and they struggled against West Virginia. Uh, they they had done that, but then they kind of righted the ship. Had very solid performances uh, against Iowa State, and then uh, against Kansas for the most part. So maybe they've kind of turned it back around. 
Uh, otherwise, I think they're largely the same. I, I, I think the team that uh, Sooner fans saw in Dallas on offense is uh, largely the same. Now, Sam Ellinger is definitely not 100%. He's not, he's not as in. He was as sharp in that game uh, in the Cotton Bowl as he's been at any point this season. That was clearly his best game of the year. He's had some very good games. Uh, but that was a tremendous game. Well, he's ever since the first quarter of the Baylor game when he was injured, had the AC joint injured there and then missed the rest of that and then had it re-aggravated or a slightly similar type injury against Iowa State, uh, the, the shoulder's been sore. And and I think everybody could see that a little bit, him missing on some throws and throwing his first two interceptions since the season opener against Maryland uh, last week in Kansas. So uh, he's, he's not 100%. I don't think there's any question about that, but – uh, but even Sam at you know at seventy five, eighty percent or whatever can be special at times. So he's a he's one tough dude. So I don't I don't think we'll not see him on the field Saturday by any stretch. How has that manifested itself the most? Is it in the zip on his passes? Is it or is it in um, maybe less of a of a willingness to run him? and get that shoulder hit in the running game? Maybe there's a little bit to that, Toby, but I think it's mainly just the accuracy thing. You know, he was okay. he misfired on a lot of throws last week, and at first we wondered because most of the misfires came in the second quarter, and it was a pretty strong southerly breeze, and ironically it was coming when the wind was behind him. And I remember when James Brown played at Texas, he used to say, he had a more difficult time throwing with the wind behind him than throwing into the wind because you would uh, quite often overcompensate or the ball would sail on you. And I asked Sam that in the postgame. He said, yeah, man, there may be some of that. Uh, he said, well, I, I had difficulty adjusting to it and all that sort of thing. But I think, I think he was sore a little bit. And also throwing into the breeze, he did on their first 98-yard touchdown drive. I, I think it kind of aggravated it. You've know, you got to put more zip on the passes. I think his accuracy was a little bit off. On that, and 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 something that happened at least on one, if not both, of the interceptions. But I think it was just a, a misread on the one he threw the, the first interception there against Kansas, which is not something he's done since that fourth quarter interception against Maryland. I mean, one thing he's been able to do is read the defense really well, and 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 be able to watch the eyes, the head movement of the defenders, and and be able to make the appropriate adjustment and. And, and I think he misfired on a couple of those, but still, by and large, he, he made a lot of good throws, even with the ones that he missed on against uh, in Kansas. So I think I think he feels he'll be all right, you know, even if he's not physically 100. Uh, percent I want to ask you an X's and O's question, and then a superfluous stuff question, and then we'll get you out of here. Okay. X's and O's wise, if Texas is going to uh, repeat and and beat Oklahoma again. Uh, how does this game need to play out? Uh, I think they would need to get two, two is all, stops per half defensively because we've seen, obviously, what the Sooners can and have and will continue to do offensively. I mean, that's that's getting all the all, all the attention. I, I think the Longhorns feel they can move the ball in Oklahoma and, and – most teams have, and they and they probably feel like good. I don't know that they can move it at the at the pace that West Virginia did or some of the other teams, but they probably feel that they could 
uh, score enough, but they're going to have to get some stops along the way, and that's still sticking in the mind of Longhorn fans in that fourth quarter when a 45-24 lead all of a sudden became 45-all and took that last-minute drive to get down the field for the, uh, uh, for the Cameron Dicker field goal. Um, okay, and I'm, I'm intrigued to know uh, from Craig Way, the talk show host perspective, you got a rivalry like this. There's always a bunch of fun, uh, superfluous stuff going on. So you got the X's and O's to this game, and then you've got all the stuff that, uh, you know, like the David Beatty situation, the horns down situation, the Kyler Murray and Sam Ellinger budding rivalry, whatever that is. What are people talking about down there this week? Uh, I, I think. It, it, it's kind of come on them like a rush because of what's happened in, in Texas in Tom Herman's second year getting the nine wins, and it's like, hey, all of a sudden they look up and here's a chance to play for a conference championship, and I don't think a lot of people expected that, quite frankly, in the second year. I'll tell you another thing I've heard a lot about, um, and I know you've heard it as well, the buzz about tickets, and, of course, Jerry World is bigger than the Cotton Bowl, but folks are really struggling to find tickets for this game. Yeah. And not only the ticket thing, we know full and well, Toby, it's not going to be like it was in Dallas where it's split halfway and halfway, right. perfectly symmetrically around. I mean, there's going to be some crimson and some burnt orange mixed sitting, as the Canadians would say, side by each. You know, there's <laughs> going to be people kind of mixed around, and that, that could make for an interesting environment on Saturday. Yeah, Kyler Murray, <laughs> Kenneth Murray. Hollywood Brown, Caleb Kelly, Toby Rowland, Craig Way, busy on the guest side. Let me give you some numbers, courtesy of Stats Kelly, our statistician on the Sooner Radio Network. How about this? When the Sooners score 35 or more points in a game, they have won 363. They have lost just eight. Two of the eight are the last two losses for the Sooners, the Georgia loss and the Texas loss. The Sooners have not played Texas in one year, twice, since 1903, when OU tied Texas in Austin, and then the Longhorns beat the Sooners in Norman. The final score of that game was 11-5. to Now, according to our numbers, this will be the first time the two teams have played outside of the Cotton Bowl since 1932. The teams have not played outside of Dallas since 1923, when they played in Austin. The Sooners have four seasons where undefeated seasons were derailed by Texas, but never had a chance for a vengeance game until this weekend. And, oh, by the way, one big note from Saturday to keep an eye on as far as history for the Oklahoma Sooners. If the Sooners are able to pull off the win in the Big 12 championship, it marks the fourth straight Big 12 crown. The last time the Sooners won four consecutive conference championships, 84 to 87 under Barry Switzer. OU is the only program to win three straight Big 12 titles, and they've done it twice. Baylor is the only school in the Big 12 to even have two championships in a row. And if you're looking for a key for Saturday, how about forcing and then minimizing turnovers? Crazy stat for the Sooners. They have forced. 10 turnovers this season. That's good. That's not good nationally, but get this. Seven of those 10 turnovers have been forced in the fourth quarter. And get this. Turnovers for the Sooner offense has not been an issue all season long. Currently, they are 14th in the country with just seven interceptions and five fumbles lost in the entire season. But four of those seven interceptions 
have come in the last four games. And two of those fumbles lost have come in the last two games. The Sooners have to do a better job protecting the football on Saturday to win the conference championship. And the breakout star of 2018, beyond Kyler Murray, obviously, has been Kennedy Brooks. It's been a tough run for Trey Sermon trying to bounce back from that ankle injury after a big game against Tech. Uh, had a huge game as well. And after the after the Tech game, he was also fantastic against Oklahoma State, but then tweaked his ankle on his first carry against Kansas and has kind of been on the sidelines since. Only a handful of carries on Friday against West Virginia. So Kennedy Brooks has stepped up the rushing load for the Sooners in the last three games 8.5 yards per carry and six touchdowns. By the way, he's averaging 173 yards per contest. He was no higher than fourth on the depth chart to start the season. So Kennedy Brooks, a guy to keep an eye on, minimizing turnovers and hopefully creating them. Maybe we'll be celebrating a fourth straight Big 12 championship come Saturday. I promise you this, though. We'll have the post-game show locked and loaded for you as soon as the game wraps up. So make sure if you're not subscribed to go ahead and do so right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. We'll be on the air with the Sooner Radio Network at 9 a.m. Here's something cool we're doing on Saturday with Gay Biker and myself and Rufus Alexander. We'll be down in the field live, and you can watch along at OU on the air. That's at OU on the air. It's called Visual Radio. We hope you enjoy it. I mean, listen, it's not a refined Sooner Sports TV broadcast, but I think it's kind of fun, and it gives you a little bit of a unique perspective as we count down to kickoff for OU and Texas. So tons of ways to get involved, tons of ways to listen, we look forward to bringing you what we hope is a great game and a Sooner victory on Saturday. Until then, have a great countdown to OU Texas Part 2. This is history. This hasn't happened since 1903, so enjoy. Until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. 